0: John 1 14 says the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. We have seen his glory, the glory of the father's one and only son. Our prayer is that you might see God's love and faithfulness as you listen to our Sunday morning message here at First Methodist Brian. Before I read the scripture verse today, I want to say thanks to Jeff, for the great children's sermon, the best ever children's sermon. <laughs> no. He always knocks it out of the park. I think y'all know that when he brings the children's message, it has a layer for the children and a layer for the adults. And, and uh, This is Pastor Appreciation Month, so that was the theme of the children's message. On behalf of all the pastors here, we're grateful for your prayers, and we're grateful to serve And we also know that like any good coach, like my coach in high school, Coach Surratt knew he was only as good as his players. So all of the lay leadership and all of the staff, y'all are really what makes it all go. And Pastor Jeremy and and I and Pastor Gusto are just grateful. Today I, I want to lift up only one verse. It's a promise, one of the first promises that you'll find in the Bible from God toward a people. You'll find it in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. When you you hear this verse, please understand that the Lord is talking to the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's, He's speaking to the Jewish people. Hear the word of the Lord. I will bless them that bless thee that is, the Jewish people, and curse them that curses thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Father, we thank you for your word, and I pray in this moment, these few moments we have, for the power of the Holy Spirit to work, to speak through me to your people, Your sheep. And Lord, as we hear the word today, we pray that we would not be discouraged, but encouraged and edified, and that your spirit would lead us into all truth, and that we would walk in the footsteps of Jesus. I pray this in his name. Let the church say, Amen. So I plan ahead for sermons, usually months, and I had planned a sermon today based on this passage. Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades, the gates of hell, will not prevail against it. I'd intended to preach that today. I wanted, on the day that we're going to come back up here and have church family picnic and have a great time of fellowship, I wanted to remind you what unites us is our, our common faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's what unites the church, no matter what denomination or non-denomination. That confession of faith in Jesus Christ is is what brings us together as one church. No matter what we face, no matter what obstacles we face, no matter the schisms we face, I wanted to lift up that one confession of faith and remind you all that Jesus is the foundation of the church and He is the head of the church. He's the one we follow, not any man. We follow Jesus. Amen? Amen. And then I was going to deal with the biblical truth about the gates of hell, the gates of Hades, and talk about what, what hell is from a biblical perspective. And uh, I've preached on hell many years ago before. That was the one Sunday my district superintendent came to hear me preach. Joe, that was not you. That was a different but even on that day, I presented the gospel because that's what you do every Sunday. So, I was going to talk about hell. That's important that you have a biblical a biblical teaching on that. And then we all saw what happened to Israel. And my heart just wasn't in it when I sat down at the computer and I began to finished the sermon I had started I decided that the Holy Spirit was saying to me no you you need to forget that and you need instead to teach the church the biblical truth about Israel and why we're here I saw Israel attacked like you did and and the massacre was so heinous, so brutal. I don't have the words. I just don't have the words. I do want to tell you that we need to stand for Israel, Israel and pray with them. Pray for them. I wanted you to remember this. You wouldn't be here today if it weren't for Israel. You wouldn't exist. The church would not be here but for Israel. In God's plan, He raised up a nation because one man, Abram, had faith. And that faith was counted as righteousness. And in God's plan, the Lord sent his own son to be the Messiah, and though the Jewish people rejected him, those of us who have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as the Messiah have been grafted in to the olive tree of Israel, and the reason we exist as a church is because God has grafted us in to his plan of salvation Here's what it says in the Scriptures about being grafted in to the olive tree known as Israel in the Bible. If some of the branches, that is unbelieving Jewish people, have been broken off, and you, though a wild olive shoot, that's all of us who are Gentiles, have been grafted in among the other branches and now we share the nourishing sap of the olive root we as a church are here because we are believers who've been grafted in to the olive tree of israel you and i saw the atrocities this week but i want to have you take a step back and understand why The root of the evil that you see is first a rebellion against God and God alone. The Jewish people have been hated throughout history and the roots go all the way back to the conflict between Isaac and Ishmael. God has been faithful because God is always faithful. And he made a promise to the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he is keeping that promise and always will. Nation after nation after nation has tried to exterminate the descendants of Abraham, the Jewish people. And yet God is faithful to his promise that I read at the beginning of this message. The Lord said, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And through you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. If you had the time to go back and look at history and look at the holocausts that have happened to the Jewish people, you would see an amazing work of God to always protect a remnant of Jewish people. I want to walk you through some of that this morning because you may not know, you may not be aware. If you know your Bible, you can go back to the time of Egypt when for almost 400 years the Jewish people were enslaved to the Egyptian people. And the Lord raised up a deliverer in Moses, and he brought them out into across the Red Sea miraculously and to a promised land that he gave to Israel. Irrevocably. Please understand this land is God's land, just like the whole world belongs to the Lord. Israel is God's land, and He gave it to who He wants to give it to, and that is to the descendants of Abraham. That's the Lord's decision to give it, and He will defend His own decision. That land is God's land, it is the land of Israel, His people. In 70 A.D., just as Jesus prophesied in 70 A.D., Rome destroyed the city of Jerusalem. Estimates of the, the murder is up to a million Jewish people with over 100,000 enslaved. In the year 1189, Richard the Lionhearted took the throne of England. And he burned most of the Jewish homes in London, and he killed an untold number of Jews. In 1306, King Philip banished 100,000 Jews from France in a moment's time. In 1348, the Jews were blamed for the plague that swept across Europe, and many Jews were murdered, then burned and tortured to death in Europe. In 1492, I know Columbus sailed the ocean blue, but that same year, the Spanish Inquisition happened and thousands of Jews were forced to leave Spain without their possessions, truly with nothing. But the clothes on their back, many were taken as slaves and many were killed. In 1903, Russia massacred thousands of Jews, leaving them impoverished. And I think you know what happened between 1933 and 1945, the pogrom with Hitler and Nazism. German Nazism is the National Socialist Party. And that ideology so often leads to death and anti-Semitism. Six million Jews were killed. History, though, shows... That even though nation after nation tried to annihilate the Jews, they are the apple of God's eye. And He's kept them all through history. The Bible says that Israel is the very apple of God's eye. Have you ever used that phrase, He's the apple of my eye? I got to spend a little time with my grandson who's one year old. Yesterday we went to Boonville days, I don't know if y'all went to Boonville days, I like doing that, to see the wagons and the old settlers, and, and uh, so I watched my grandson eat pinto beans and mashed potatoes, I had a great day yesterday. He has become the apple of my eye, and if you understand that phrase as it's used, it comes right out of the Bible, that, that little phrase, Moses used it to describe how God Sees Israel. It's used in Psalm 17.8. It's used in Zechariah 2.8. And every time you see it used in the Old Testament, it's always to describe how God loves His people, His covenant people, Israel. And God expressed that love. I want to read a verse to remind you. The Lord is speaking here through His prophet about Israel. He says, The Lord did not set his love upon you nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people. For you were the fewest of all the people. But because the Lord loved you and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers. That's why. That's why Israel exists. Because God loves them and God made a covenant and God does not break his word. We are the new covenant people. We are in a new covenant through the blood of Jesus, the Messiah, who was Jewish and is Jewish. We would not be here today but for him. Uh, I ran across some succinct things I, I thought I would share with you today from Adrian Rogers about Israel. Number one, did you know Israel is the geographical center of the world? The Bible says, See, I have set thee in the midst of the nations. Ezekiel 5.5 Israel is called the navel of the earth. I don't know if they're an innie or an outie, but I know where they're located. They are strategically located at the hub of three continents, right smack dab in the middle of the World Trade Center, basically, for all of history. Israel also the Revelation Center. From the first five books of the the Bible written by Moses through all the prophets, all the apostles that wrote the New Testament. That's the revelation center. Everything that we have in our holy Bible comes from that land. Israel is the spiritual center because our Lord Jesus was born there in Bethlehem. He grew up in Nazareth. He walked in Galilee. He taught on the mountainsides by the sea. And in Jerusalem, our Lord was crucified. In Jerusalem, he was buried. In Jerusalem, he rose from the dead. And from the Mount of Olives, just above the city, Jesus ascended to heaven. And to the Mount of Olives, Jesus will return and touch down there when he returns. Israel is also the prophecy center. You know, prophecy is all throughout Scripture, but what is it? Well, it's pre-written history, and only God can write pre-written history because only God is omniscient. The land of Israel is the only land that belongs to God's people, and the details of their past and their future are all in the Scripture. And so if you want to know what's going to happen, you better follow Israel and her people. Israel is also the storm center the middle east specifically israel is the world's greatest troubled spot the bible says that jesus will be i mean jerusalem will be a burdensome stone for all the people of the world and all through history you've seen this israel is yet also the peace center we're told to pray for the peace of jerusalem that word shalom in jerusalem means peace but there's never going to be peace on this earth until there's peace in jerusalem until jesus christ the prince of peace rules and reigns from jerusalem so we are praying for the peace of jerusalem and we need to pray every day and the very last prayer of the bible is a prayer for jesus to come it's maranatha come lord jesus The last thing that Adrian Rogers shared was that Israel will one day be the glory center when our Lord returns and all nations of the world will come to Jerusalem to worship. Jerusalem will be the capital city not just of Israel but the world and the entire world will come and Jesus will reign. I believe that with all my heart. Church, you're here today because of Israel. The church does not exist apart from the fact that the Lord raised up Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jesus is a Jew. Sadly, throughout the history of the church, there have been times when even the church has persecuted the Jewish people to our shame. True believers in Jesus Messiah should love Israel because we've been grafted in to the olive tree. Sadly, in my lifetime, I have seen arisen in Christian theology and especially in seminaries that I won't mention today, a false theology that displaces Israel and inserts the church where the promises are made to Israel. Some people call this replacement theology where the church has replaced israel in all of god's covenant promises let me tell you that is false teaching it is an abomination it makes god a liar god said he will keep his promises to israel he will keep his promises to israel the church has not replaced israel though we may be spiritual israel in a sense and we are indeed part of being the apple of God's eye now is the church. But that's only because we have been grafted in to the promises God made. And God keeps His promises. You and I are living in a day and age where we have seen one of the greatest miracles, and I'm not alone in saying this, one of the greatest miracles in world history. Many biblical scholars have noted that a particular prophecy from Ezekiel, a prophecy about dry bones coming back together, has been fulfilled in the lifetime of many of you. That prophecy was about a dead group of people, Israel. They were dead like skeleton dead for nearly 2,000 years. They were dispersed all over the world once Rome took over Jerusalem. But in May of 1948, almost overnight, after World War II, God did miraculous things that brought together a nation overnight. The nation of Israel. Never in the history of the world have you had a nation dead whose language was dead, essentially, and brought them back to life 2,000 years later. It's never happened. never will happen again. God made a promise. He said, I will bring them again to their own land. And over the last hundred years, Jewish people have been coming back to the land of Israel. But in May 1948, Israel declared its independence immediately. The Arab nations around them attacked them. And yet God fought for his people. There have been books written about the miracles involved in that war. 650,000 Jews surrounded by 40 Arab states, 40 million enemies, swearing, swearing to Allah, a false god, that they would exterminate Israel and drench the soil with Israeli blood, and God fought for them. Israel's been under attack since its life began. 1967, there was a six-day war. Jordan, Egypt, Syria. United with one stated goal, I quote their goal, wipe Israel off the map. And yet in six days, it was over. Outnumbered 81. In 1973, there was the Yom Kippur War where Israel's enemies invaded Israel on their holiest day, thinking they would surprise them, and yet the Lord fought for Israel. And no one would have ever believed that they could win so miraculously. Now they have a new war against Hamas and their Muslim jihad. And that war threatens to bring the whole world into another war. Pray that it doesn't. But don't ever stand on the opposite side of Israel. They are God's people. Their Messiah is our Messiah. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I wanted to share that message with you today, and then I wanted to share one more thing with you from Galatians 3. Everything I've said today, if you will study Galatians 3, you'll see what I've said is all the truth. So I want to bring you a little bit of Galatians chapter 3. Because it talks about you, the church. The Apostle Paul, a Jewish man. The Apostle Paul, who once persecuted and killed Christians himself, miraculously saw the resurrected Lord on the road to Damascus, Syria, where he was blinded and he came to faith and then he became the leader of the church. Spreading the gospel all over the world, the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the church in Galatia. And what he said to them applies to you today. Let me read a part of it as Cameron puts it on screen. So also Abraham believed God and it was credited to Abraham as righteousness. Let me stop there. How's anybody saved? They're only saved because you believe and have faith in God. And the Lord will credit that as righteousness and salvation to you. Verse 7, Understand then that those who have faith are what? Children of Abraham. That means if you have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Messiah, as the Lord, the Son of God, you are now part of the children of Abraham Because you're now part of the covenant promises God made. It was God's plan all along. Verse 8, Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles, that's those of us that are not Jewish, by faith. And he announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. And he said, all nations will be blessed through you. That's the verse I've read from Genesis today. Then verse 14. The Lord redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. So that by faith we might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. That's the reason the church exists, is because of the blessing given to Abraham, in which through Jesus we can come to faith. Verse 26, I'm to 26. So in Christ Jesus, you are all wept. Save me, children of God. Have you noticed how children of God and children of Abraham are a synonym? We are children of God through what? Faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ, let me be clear, being baptized into water or Kool-Aid or I don't care what you get baptized in, that does not save you. It's a symbol of being baptized into Christ by grace through faith. Being baptized into Christ, you have clothed yourselves with Christ. In other words, you have put on His righteousness because He gives that to you. Then verse 28, one of my favorite verses. There's neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus that means the lord now treats us all the same as one body and then this last verse i want to focus on if 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 you belong to christ then you are what abraham's seed and an heir according to the promise. You're an heir of everything God promised. You are Abraham's seed. Brothers and sisters, the church has been grafted. You as a believer have been grafted in to God's promises to Israel because we believe that Jesus is Lord, the one true Messiah. The Lord has counted our faith as righteousness, and He's given us salvation because of Jesus. We would not be here today if we didn't belong to Christ. That is, if you have faith in Him. So let me end my sermon with this. Do you have faith in Christ today? Do you belong to Him? Do you understand by belonging to Him that means you're a child of God? And therefore, you're also a child of Abraham. You are Abraham's seed and an heir. But you have to know Christ as your Savior. Do you know Him? Can you say that today? Our calling as a church is one thing to share the gospel with the world so that they know Jesus. That's our calling as a church. So, do you know him today? I, I've preached the gospel today. I don't want anyone leaving here not knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior of their life. I want you to bow your heads. And I want us to pray. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, I'm, one, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. But I'm also going to pray that we would be inspired today to share the gospel. Father, I pray for people today. who may be here and, and they don't know you as Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I pray for them that today they would just say, Lord, I've realized I'm a sinner, that you died on the cross for my sins and I have faith in you, and I I believe in you, and I understand that because of that belief, I'm a child of God and forgiven, and a child of Abraham grafted into the vine. Lord, I pray for that person that might pray that prayer sincerely in their heart, that they might receive the Holy Spirit in their heart, and know that they are a child of God, and live out their faith. And Father, inspire everyone here once again, to be the church called to take the gospel to this world, to share the good news that Jesus Christ has died, He has risen, and He is coming again. Lord, give us that message so that we can share it with our friends and our family so that we might one day welcome you back to this place where you will reign forever and ever. thank you for listening with us Amen. we hope that you Amen. have encountered the risen Christ Jesus today if you want to hear more please consider subscribing we would also welcome you to join us in person for more information please visit us at fmcbryan.org